Welcome to My Last Watch. My name is Kaylee. And this is Gun. In this show, I've challenged Gun to trade up a $100 watch into a dream watch, which in this case is a Nomos campus for Gun's dad. Today, here in Seattle, it is an overcast day, which has been much needed. The past few days have been very toasty and very hazy with the smoke fires from, is it from Canada? Are the smoke fires from Canada or California this time? Could be both. I think we're probably getting it from all angles. Yeah, I was hoping we'd get some rain today. This is our attempt at small talk because I told Gunn that we need to kind of warm up before we dive (laughs) into today's topic. So, of course, we're here talking about the weather. And I don't want to talk about my wrist gains. (laughs) Well, it has been quite hot this week. Had some trouble sleeping last night. My Fitbit tracker did say I just got fair sleep instead of good. So hopefully it cools off this week. I actually struggled to go to sleep last night as well. So yeah, it's been a long work week, a few things on my mind. So yeah. Well, now that we've checked Mark, (laughs) our small small talk, talk, (laughs) we can dive into today's topic. Currently, we're still researching different platforms to sell our Seiko to kick off our journey to a Nomos campus. So today we're talking the woes of marketplace sites like eBay, Craigslist, and we're going to share some stories of being scammed. What sparked our interest on this week's theme for the episode was for my most recent watch meetup. We're sharing just different watch stories, and one of the members of the Seattle Watch Club had shared a horror story of his painful experience with eBay. I won't dive into the details of this, and we'll probably include a link of his YouTube video if you wanted to hear more about his story, but it's a really painful story to hear because as a watch collector, this is your worst nightmare. Basically, it was a vintage Tudor snowflake that he sold on eBay, but apparently eBay has this verification system where you have to send it to one of their centers in Ohio where they verify that it's an authentic watch. And so during this process, FedEx lost his watch. I know. And apparently, you can only insure up to $1,000 for accessories. So that was the only thing that was, it was only covered by $1,000. The watch somehow got lost. And in those situations, FedEx just loses the package. eBay will typically just refund the buyer, I'm assuming. Is that correct? Well, I don't know too much about it, but he didn't, I don't think he received any reimbursement. Right, so I mean, the the buyer just gets the money back that they put forward, right? Mm -hmm. So basically the seller is out the funds and and his watch. Yeah, he's missing his watch. So yeah, yeah, that was absolute nightmare of a story to hear. I thought eBay had a better system in place, but apparently not. Or maybe it's not even on eBay. It's more so on FedEx. FedEx. Yeah. Yeah. Who else can you trust with your watches if you can't trust FedEx? I can relate to the story, but on a much smaller scale... (laughs) we've mentioned this in a couple of previous episodes but back in middle school and high school i actually sold some things on ebay in high school i think it was for a graduation gift i'd gotten a tiffany's gift card Mm -hmm. and i think you all can tell by now i'm not into jewelry so there's no way i was actually going to use that gift card so i decided to just list it on ebay how much was the gift card for it was between 50 and $100. And how much did you list it on eBay? Uh, I don't remember the exact amount, but it was, you know, it was some sort of discount, right? Oh, okay. um, so I listed on eBay 
it gets sold pretty quickly. The only thing that really stood out about this transaction initially is that the buyer was haggling me on the shipping price after they had purchased it, which I thought was a little bit odd. I send it off to them and about a week later they leave me positive feedback and I don't really think anything of it. So a couple weeks after that, I get a notification that the buyer claims that they had never received this gift card. Despite After their review. Right. Despite them leaving this positive feedback of the transaction. Mm-hmm. I had sold probably between 100 to maybe 150 things on eBay at that point. I'd received 100% positive feedback, which I'm very proud of. And I had just never run across a case like this. So I really didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. At that point, eBay steps in and they try to mediate the situation. So you have to bring forth all of the evidence that you followed through on your end of the deal. Yeah. All I really have is just a receipt showing that I shipped this item to a Florida zip code. And what really frustrates me about this whole situation is I had actually had a receipt of the gift card in which I would have been able to put a stop payment on the gift card so that I could essentially just recoup the gift card. Okay, so you could have gotten a refund for that. Yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. But after I'd received positive feedback that it had been received, I just threw away the receipt because why would I need to hold on to it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that is what especially (laughs) sickens me about the case. At the end of the day, eBay refunded the spider. And I'm not saying that that was the wrong thing to do. You know, I understand stand why they took that approach yeah but did you provide the positive feedback or did that did you provide that as evidence as well yeah i mean basically i provided the receipt and said hey i have this like great track record Mm -hmm. there's no way i wouldn't have sent this package yeah you know once it leaves my hands uh, there's i'm kind of limited in what i can do and i know a lot of people who are listening to this are probably thinking well why didn't you just do tracking like why didn't you insure it you know this wasn't a high price tag item and back when i was selling things on ebay this was pre-paypal being a main thing so i would accept like cash money order cashier's check Mm -hmm. i'm really aging myself here wow that's so antiquated wait so pre-paypal they actually ebay actually took checks yeah i would (laughs) have people physically mail me a cashier's check wow I'm just all saying this to illustrate. This was before like Mm -hmm. tracking really being a common thing among Mm -hmm. transactions. Of course, hindsight is 2020. And if I were to ever sell something on eBay again, I would take that action. But it kind of goes to show that as an independent seller, you're pretty limited in what your recourse is in these situations. I think you're extremely vulnerable as a seller. Yeah, like you said. So, yeah, sometimes it's just the cost of doing business. Of course, I was just out at most 100 bucks, which is nothing mm. compared to uh, your watch buddy's story. So I definitely feel his pain there. So eBay, uh, we are very disappointed <laughs> that Kaylee, what, you're in high school? Did you let them know you're in high school? You should have let eBay know. You're like, I'm a high school kid trying to make a living on the side and you're going to screw me like this? You should have really play that card yeah i don't know (laughs) if that would have really gone in my favor you know my ebay days are behind me it was Was that what made you retire your ebay career that was such a you know 
knowing you and then especially trying to think of a younger you in high school, I feel like that must have left an extremely <laughs> lasting impact on you. <laughs> it did turn me away from eBay. Yeah, at I can see that. At the same time, this was really just a middle school, high school side hustle. And it is a lot of work for the amount that you're getting. Mm-hmm. That's true. Has there been any other items outside of the Tiffany's gift card that you've sold on eBay? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of items that I've sold. I've never had had experience like that. Mm -hmm. But one of the items that I look back on fondly are the OC posters. OC posters? You know the OC, the TV show. I don't know that. You know, you know. California. (laughs) California. No, should we harmonize? Ready? One, two, three. California, California, here we come. That was actually pretty good. Um, we hit that high note right on the dot. One of us hit that high note. Wait, what? This is why we can't harmonize together. That's besides I'm, I'm the I'm slightly point. offended. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, though. I think everyone knows what TV show we're talking about since we sang the theme song. Back in high school... I don't know about you, but we always had to put book covers on our textbooks. Do you know what a book cover is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I actually used one, but yeah. (laughs) In case anyone out there did not have to protect their books, back in the day, a lot of kids wrapped their textbooks in brown paper bags. The reason why you do this is to protect your textbook from getting scuffed up, getting scratches, etc. Why? I'm confused by that. Why don't you want your textbooks to be scuffed up? What's Well, I mean, these textbooks get used year after year. So you're trying to be considerate mm. to the people after you. <laughs> I know that that's a very foreign concept for you. That is, yeah. But that's why. Okay. All right. You have I follow. book covers. I follow. At my high school library, they had a stack of the OC book covers. They really just look like posters, 11 by 17 posters. So these were actually... For the purpose of being a book cover, you're saying these OC. Exactly. Yeah, okay. But, you know, no one was really taking them from the library. So one day I decided to take a small stack. By a small stack. Are we saying under like 50? Or? Oh, yeah, under 50. <laughs> okay. All right. Like 10, 10, 10, 10 maybe or so? A, maybe a dozen. Okay, a dozen. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I take about a dozen of these and I'm just like, hmm, let me just try to list this on eBay. And I was actually able to sell them for about $10 a pop. For a single book cover, people would pay 10 bucks. Yeah. Well, I guess OC was hot. It's not a book cover. It's a poster. I guess OC was hot back in the day, so I could see people trying to snag one of those up on eBay. That was during high school, so that was the tail end of my eBay career. Do you have any other items that stick out during your ebay career what were some other items i do but i think i'll save that for a different podcast (laughs) just for the sake of time okay i'll I'll sprinkle some stories in there every now and then but as you mentioned ever since i just had that bad experience with ebay i've really have just strayed away from the site both as a seller and as a buyer now that we're starting to look at different platforms to sell our seiko i've suggested craigslist to gun because i've personally had some good experiences there I've bought my Kindle there from an ex-Amazon employee, but you've been kind of hesitant to go that route. I'm not looking to get kidnapped just because (laughs) of my watches. Yeah, I'll give up watches (sighs) and just not get kidnapped. I have never been scammed on Craigslist. 
probably near a dozen transactions. So shady. The one site that I have been scammed on is Kickstarter. So you've never been scammed on Craigslist, but you've been scammed on Kickstarter. That is correct. (laughs) For folks who may not be familiar with Kickstarter, it's basically a crowdfunding platform. So you chip in your money and the hope is that you end up getting some sort of product or maybe you're chipping in money to support a local business, artists, etc. So let's rewind back to December 2017. I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if I've ever shared this or if you've noticed. I go through these phases where I become hyper obsessed with getting an item that I think is just going to change my life. For the sake of time, I won't list out very many examples. But can you give us like one or two examples? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. What so, so in December 2017, okay. I was hyper focused in getting this tripod that I saw on Kickstarter. (laughs) Yes, which I've been hearing for years about. Correct. (laughs) The reason being, during that time, I was making these really short Instagram videos. I guess what you would compare it to nowadays is something like an Instagram reel or a lo-fi TikTok. I think you were an early adapter to TikTok even before that was out. Because yeah, I remember you making these videos and that's exactly what TikTok is nowadays. Yeah. But it was lo-fi because I didn't have like background music and overlaying text. But anyways. You had the concept. I had the the the... concept kind of down. So I was getting into making these videos and I see this tripod and I'm like, this is going to take my Instagram video making to the next level. I really got to get this. It wasn't cheap. It was $85. I can't believe they're charging $85 for a freaking tripod. Well, that, 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 you should have known right there, then and there, that that was a scam. It had a really good marketing <laughs> video, and I'll just read the description okay. so y'all can right. get a feel for this purchase. Ultra portable and multifunctional tripod for smartphones, DSLR cameras, and GoPro. Perfect for travel and daily usage. Its unique design, compact size, and portability set Vixari apart from the pack, making it the ultimate companion for taking perfect photos anytime and anywhere so what was so unique about this it was just really slim and compact and in the video the person's like walking around they're going on these adventures taking photos so it really spoke to me back then what type of phones were people using i'm trying to was it like iphone six days or i'm just trying to go back probably iphone seven i mean it was a smartphone okay we still we had smartphones then (laughs) it was a smartphone (laughs) time okay (laughs) so it was $85, which for me is a significant purchase. Like, it's something that I'm going to hem and haw about. But I just decide, like, hey, I'm going to treat myself to this. Mm -hmm. And the date that we were supposed to get this item was February 2018. And that was when I had a vacation planned. So I figured, oh, this is going to be perfect timing Mm -hmm. for my vacation. Guess how much they raised through Kickstarter and Indiegogo, which is another crowdsourcing site. I'd say probably $200,000. $200,000? Yeah. On Kickstarter, they sold $260,000 worth of product. So that's actually pretty close. Well, on Indiegogo, they sold 558000 So they made close to a million dollars off this campaign. Close to a million dollars. Mm-hmm. They should go to jail. Well, we're getting that's, to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to that. <laughs> this scam is a lot bigger Yeah, this isn't just like a couple thousand dollars. This is close to a million dollars. Wow, all right. So February comes and goes. 
product hasn't been received. And this is my first time buying anything off of Kickstarter, so I'm just not really sure what to expect, but I'm in for the ride. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every couple of months we're getting updates from the creator that are saying, hey, manufacturing is underway in China, but these pieces of the tripod just really aren't meeting our standards. And then another time, the excuse is, oh, it's Chinese New Year, so the factory shut down. And then a couple Their months Chinese later... Lunar New Year is there every year. I know. I know. <laughs> so this goes on for months and months. In October 2019, which is nearly two years after the Kickstarter campaign launching, their update is, hey, this Chinese factory has really dropped the ball. We're going to sue them, and we're not going to start production until litigation is over. Good luck getting that figured out. I mean, I think these folks are based in the UK, so it's not like they're even locals. And in April 2020, the update is, due to COVID... (laughs) That's really (laughs) holding up everything. And then the last update that I got from them, which was June 2020, so over a year ago, this is their 33rd update. It is, Dear backers, as of last month, we had to wait for the consulate to reopen in order to legalize all the documents once again. We are eagerly waiting for the litigation process to start, and we will let you guys know as soon as possible. Our focus is getting this litigation started and then starting the production process with the new factory. Best regards, Big Sorry Team. At this point, I have no hope that I'm ever going to get this item and I've just come to accept that. And the thing that I've learned is there's really just no recourse that you have as a Kickstarter buyer. So you're telling me as a not one backer has sued this company? I'm surprised there isn't a lawsuit. I mean, if it's in like a million dollar scam, I feel like there has to be some sort of lawsuit, at least one lawsuit. But are you really going to spend all that energy to get like 80 bucks back? Yeah, all it takes is that one person that's... Yeah. <laughs> well, on the community page, there's probably about 1,800 posts with various people asking for a refund. I'm guessing or all of those are negative other... comments. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm assuming all of them are negative. And as I mentioned, there's no recourse Obviously, I can't issue a chargeback on my credit card. And even if you look up Kickstarter's stance on these sorts of issues, they say straight up, Kickstarter is not a store, and we do not issue refunds. When you back a project, you're supporting a creator's right to try to make something new and agreeing to go along for the ride. And boy, has it been a freaking ride, yo. It's been a (laughs) roller coaster. The silver lining in all of this is just reading some of the comments from other backers. And I'll go ahead and read one of my favorite ones from Rachel. (laughs) I'm interested to hear what people have to say about this. Yeah. Rachel is the MVP. (laughs) Guys, this is ridiculous. Vixari is essentially the fire festival of travel and camera gear now. The only information we've gotten this entire time has been, LOL, we messed up. It'll be delayed. (laughs) I've graduated college, gotten a dog, moved out of the country, moved back into the country, and am preparing to move out of the country again, all in this time frame. Maybe by the time I start a family and am on my second child, I'll maybe have a tripod. But who knows? Just admit it. We're never getting our tripods, are we? 
That's actually pretty good. Pretty good right? <laughs> What's even better, though, is Vixari actually has the balls to respond no, to this. No, they did not respond to this. So to switch things up, <laughs> I'll go ahead and have you read their response. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is from the support team at Vixari. Hi, Rachel. I would kindly please ask you if you read carefully all of our previous updates. While life goes on for everyone else, we are working hard every day to finally be able to deliver the product for all the backers that made this a reality. But we don't want to deliver just any kind of product in terms of quality, especially with this long wait. We want everyone to be able to enjoy the good quality of the tripod and use it whenever they want. I hope I answered your concerns and at the same time, sincerely congrats for graduating and everything else. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yo, you're actually going to congratulate this girl on like all these life like, milestones. That is actually, I can't even believe that's pretty good, right? Yes. That's pretty good. Like, like sorry. Like, props, snaps props, to that. props for the response. Like worst customer service ever. I loved it. At least... They may they give us a big laugh. And of course Rachel has to have kind of the last did, note. Oh, she, she did, did respond. respond. Oh, okay, all right. And her response is with all the promises that have been made and the time we've had to wait, this tripod better be everything it was promised and able to automatically Photoshop me, tell me I'm pretty, and make me a snack. <laughs> Rachel, good for you. I mean, good that she can be funny about this situation. I guess you have to be after a few yeah, years. Yeah, I mean it's like it's been You've, so long. Everyone's given up. I honestly forgot I even purchased this a couple months. Do they months even have afterwards. a litigation system in China? Like that's what I want to mm. know. Are they, what? I don't know. Like if we ever get this, it'll be a miracle. With all that being said, I'm never gonna use Kickstarter again. Is Vixari like working on any other products, or was this a one? I don't think so. I think this like how how can you? I think this is a one and done. I mean, if if I were to ever use Kickstarter, it would only be to support a local business, but yeah. I'm just not going to ever use it to buy an actual product. And I really can't believe the stance that Kickstarter is taking just by saying, yeah, yeah, yeah the onus is on you. You're just supporting a brand. And if they don't actually come up with a final product, well, you just supported a brand. Everyone has had experience with peer-to-peer marketplaces, and you hope that kickstarter would be more than just the platform and that there'd be some guarantee but that's just not what it's set up to be but this just really highlights that when you're dealing with a peer-to-peer marketplace or peer-to-peer crowdfunding there really aren't any any guarantees and that's why i've been surprised that you've had so much success just from buying watches off of instagram on instagram you're somewhat able to gauge someone's credibility just by looking at their photos. I know that's a weird concept, but especially when it comes to watches, if you go through their feed and you see their watch collection, you kind of get an understanding of the person, if that makes any sense. So you're not buying from anyone who has an Invicta? Is that what you're trying to say? Correct. They have an Invicta on their Instagram feed. Next. Don't trust their judgment. I'm not trusting their judgment. Okay. But... You know, if you have Seikos you've been posting for two years, oh, I know this guy's a Seiko enthusiast and he's a watch geek. Seiko geeks are not going to scam you. That's <laughs> I why don't, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily <laughs> correlate someone's watch taste into their trustworthiness. How can you trust someone that buys an Invicta, though? I think what well, I, I would... That is a strong stance. I don't okay. want to... Okay, I take that back with you. Okay. Invicta, Invicta buyers don't have the best... Ch- 
<laughs> how, how do I reel yeah, this back? Try to dig yourself out of this hole for anyone who's <laughs> listening to us in Invicta. Here's here's what I'll say. Yeah. Rather than going off of what type of watches these people have, what I would judge them off of is how they interact with the community, like folks who comment on their page, etc. Because that will tell you more about someone's character, I think. True, but I wish I was that sophisticated. But for me, it's more so the photos okay. and then the mm-hmm. watches in their collection. I do like your stance better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely more PC. But for me... It's more so what kind of watches do you have in your collection? And somehow I I correlate your watches in your collection to the credibility level. Well, we all know you're very appearance-based with the dial. Just like the dial, you're not really into the mechanics of the watch. I am into the... Wait, I am into the movements. I am... I do. Um, I am a movements junkie. It's just I focus. I thought on, you were a fast fashion watch guy. Wait, no, wait, what's going? Wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely not a fast fashion watch guy. I know, I know. The the one time that I suggested that you're into fashion watches, and this was before I even knew what they were, you became so defensive as like as a watch collector. I know I'm not seasoned yet, but mm-hmm. even as a watch collector, that's something that. You take pretty personal if you say you're into, you know, fast fashion, luxury smartwatches, all these things. We take offense to that. So I think <laughs> I'm really I would like to consider now. myself a watch purist. Okay. Well, getting back on track. <laughs> About my Instagram watch purchases. Yeah, I kind of went off. Okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of got sidetracked. So the reason we are talking about credibility on Instagram compared to other sites is because I've actually taken a leap of faith. Uh, there's a guy that I've been following on Instagram. He's not really active. He posts once every two, three months, but his collection is one of the coolest collections for me personally on the gram. So I've been following this guy. The reason I started following him is, as I've shared with you, one of my absolute Seiko grills is the 6159-7001, which is the first Seiko diver ever. So what, what time period are we talking here? 60s 70s i would say probably late 60s early 70s but this watch or the seiko i will own one day so what i do on instagram there's not many of these out there in good condition so i follow the people that have this just in case they list it for sale Mm -hmm. so i have about 20 30 accounts that i'm just following just for the sake of them posting something saying for sale oh dang yeah but Mm. You know, for my grail watches, I have the list and I'm, you know, following and I'm also following the hashtags for the grails. So I have two grails for Seiko's and he has one of my absolute favorite grails in mint, like absolute stunning condition. I've, I haven't seen anything like it. So, so I started following him and all of a sudden one day there is a post for, for sale, but it is not the Seiko, but it's another vintage watch in his collection. And what watch would that be? The watch that he had listed was a Belova Deep Sea Diver, and it was a vintage piece from the 70s in amazing condition, like all of his other vintage pieces. I've never heard you talk about Belova. Well, to be honest, I've never, I mean, it hasn't really been on my radar. Okay, so what's special about this piece? Well, it's in mint condition, and it's a vintage chronograph. So when we were going to meet up, he's based in Vancouver, and this was... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Long story short, long story short, we love to visit Vancouver and Richmond area because that's hands down the best Chinese food in the world. Such good food. Richmond Night Market. And then dim sum in Vancouver. I'm just all about 
bows, just meat, bun, yep. meat, dumplings. Dumplings, bows. Oh, oh. Yeah. Vancouver is the place to be if you like Asian cuisine. Anyways, we go there pretty often. So I told him, I was like, hey, you're based in Vancouver, BC. My wife and I would like to go up to, you know, for our dumplings. So we'll let you know next time we're in town. Or he said he likes to come down to Seattle as well, which okay. he can't do right now since right. the borders are closed. Mm -hmm. So the plan was that we'll meet up in person and I'll get to try on the Seiko. And then I'll also get my watch. What's funny is he's mm -hmm. reached out. And he also had reached out even mm -hmm. last year and he said, hey, this border, like, it's not going to open for a while. Do you want me to just ship this to you? Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't want you to ship this to me. And I think he actually started getting worried. He's like, why don't you want me to ship this to you? Honestly, if I was him from his end, you would be giving me a lot of these like red flags. Yeah, like you're talking yeah. about people on Craigslist being shady. <laughs> like you being like, hey, I want to meet up with you with a cup of your other watch like right actually, that's a little bit that, weird like a little actually bit weird. you're right i didn't really think about it that way but the seiko, dive, it the seiko way. diver is like a ten thousand dollar watch so maybe he could be a little bit hesitant i don't know i'm gonna be so upset if, like when i do meet him and he doesn't bring that what if he doesn't bring that diver i'm gonna be so upset then you're gonna say um I'm excuse gonna, me can i have that can i get a refund <laughs> the below i'm so excited to get mm -hmm. it's a stunning vintage piece yeah, as much as I'm not enthusiastic about this purchase, I have faith that it won't end in a Kickstarter-like fashion. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knocking on wood. Yep. I think we got to wrap okay. up this episode. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. Totally shifting gears here. At the time of this recording, we have nine five-star apple podcast reviews and i'd really like to hit double digits and as kaylee said previously on this episode she's all about the positive reviews <laughs> she's had 150 positive reviews on ebay that is true minus that one person that screwed her over dude well florida no i still got a positive review on that bro like so is it a 100 percent. <laughs> is it a bro or a gal probably i think it's a gal i think it's a lady i uh, yeah tiffany tiffany gift card i hope she's still enjoying whatever she purchased at tiffany i hope so too what I'm asking for is, hey, if you're enjoying the uh, podcast so far, we definitely would appreciate a five-star Apple podcast rating or rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Or even better, if you're enjoying the show, just let your friends know. California, <laughs> here Jalif we come. Okay. We're just not synced on that. Oh, it was double. We have to do the double. Yeah. I think we can try to harmonize for a five-star review. They've heard that before, though. I don't know if we need to re-traumatize them. <laughs> Wait. So should I do solo so they're not traumatized? Yeah. Should I go out and... Sing us away, again. <laughs> sing us away. California. California. Here we come. We're going to K-Town for some KBBQ. How does that have to do with... California. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, watch fam. Bye.